0: Hey, y'all, hey, this is Safe Space with Shay, and this is my first podcast recording. I'm doing a little switch up, and I'm taking it over um, from Instagram and Facebook, as you guys normally um, used to see me, and now I am officially a podcast person. I'm excited about my first guest that I have. Ms. Saida, she is a therapist here in the Metro Detroit area, and I just wanted her to briefly introduce herself.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Um, Hi, everybody. Uh, My name is Saida Spencer-Artist. I am the owner of Focus Therapy Clinic, which is a group practice in uh, Southfield, Michigan. And so we are a group of women, and we specialize in seeing individuals, couples, families, um, children, teenagers, uh, from a host of things like depression to anxiety, couples therapy, uh, everyday transitions, things like that. Awesome. Thank you so much. And how long have you been in practice? Um, I've been in practice almost six years. I've had my actual practice, uh, let me see, three, three years. Okay. So The growth practice is definitely growing, uh, which I'm definitely appreciative of. That is awesome.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much and for the work that you do. So my question is, generally, what are you seeing with your clients as far as, like, mental health um, challenges or experiences that they are having?
1: So um, I think it runs the gamut. But if we've kind of focused in on the African-American woman uh, or the, the minority women, yeah. um, I would say that we see a lot of depression, Um, a lot of anxiety, a lot of relationship issues, and um, I will also say that we see a lot of uh, changes when we hit that 30-40 mark. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the ways that um, I'm trying to get back in touch with myself or I'm raising my kids, I'm helping my partner or my spouse, and I forgot all about myself somewhere in the mix. Mm -hmm. And so being able to kind of trying to find that grounded space to figure out how to get back to the the space of you. Like, who am I? What does that look like? Yes. And that
0: sounds like, oh, my God, like, yeah, even things that I've personally dealt with. And I think since we had the pandemic, it has really put a shift and just like a a push for people to be like, hey, I need help, you know? Mm -hmm. So what are some signs, I guess, that people can kind of pay attention to to really decipher if it's depression or if it's just the mood that they're having, right? Because typically when we have moods, you know, changes, it's like a temporary thing, right? So what are some things, I guess, that can kind of heighten a person's awareness on, okay, I need to see a therapist?
1: I would say first, if the thought pops in your mind that you should see a therapist, go see a therapist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times we think like, man, is this normal? Should I call? Should I talk to somebody? Mm-hmm. I would say follow through with that, right? Mm-hmm. If we get a cut, if we get a burn, if we hurt ourselves and we need to go see a doctor, then if something is wrong um, emotionally or mentally, then we should go see a therapist. Oh, you. Um, you know, however, let's say we are like, oh, no, it's just this is the norm. I'll be good. I've been through this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I will look at how many days are you feeling sad? How many days are you feeling a little bit lower? Um are we crying uh, with no reason behind why we're crying? You know, just uh, at the drop of a hat. Are we, are we emotional? Um, is our level of um, anxiety up? Are some of those things happening? Are we experiencing panic attacks uh, after the pandemic? A lot of people or I mean, technically we're still going through the pandemic, but, you know, <laughs> people <Yeah. laughs> are dealing with um, panic attacks and what that feels like and how that's affecting people. Um, I would even look at, you know, uh, physical changes or uh, eating habits. Mm-hmm. Am I sleeping a little bit longer? Am I staying in my room a little bit longer? Do I not want to get up? Are these things more challenging for me? Um, those are things to take a look at. And I would also even say, I, I would even encourage people to also look at their kid those things in their teenagers yeah. um, in their kiddos because, Um, I've been talking a lot about teenagers over the past month or two, um, just in regards to watching those things on different people's shows. Um, So I would just say make sure that while we're also looking and observing for ourselves, we're observing them too. Oh,
0: wow. That is so good. And I think, too, as a parent, um, especially in the black community, we, we notice that our kids go through a change, right? But sometimes I feel like when they're going through a change, we feel um equip, like we can't fix it, right? And so a lot of parents are a little bit, not shame, but, well, maybe it is a little shame, a little guilt on, okay, um, I can't handle this, so I have to go seek outside support. Like, what um, advice would you give a parent like that, you know, who feels like, you know, they don't have control over the situation or the experience that their child is going through? Like, what advice would you give that parent?
1: So I would definitely say you're not alone, right? I would also say that it's double folded. So I think that um, depending on the generation that you're from, mm-hmm. um, even 80s babies, yeah, okay, um, what's happening right now in these 2022 kids mm-hmm. is very different. You know, everything is... Um, social media driven, they have cell phones, they have computers, we got smart watches and smart stoves and everything is just so electronic and that really takes uh, away from how maybe you as the parent are used to coming up, you know, what no, just be on your cell phone anytime, you know, we had, uh, what was it, anytime minutes, right. and then you could talk on the weekend and, or you could use a pager or you had to use your mama house phone, Right. And if didn't nobody have no call waiting, then you couldn't use the house phone. So those dynamics are different. Um, kids, um, they socialize different than how we socialize. Which means that if we were to go in a bubble, mm-hmm. our bubble may be a little bit more noticeable versus right now. It's not as noticeable because things are. Um, uh, I mean, social media is a bubble. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You think about how kids. Um, date, yes. you know, where'd you meet this person? Snapchat, right? <laughs> what, the, how did you meet that? Oh, they slid in my DM. Right. Oh, okay. So versus like, you know, just the, being at the I, movies yeah. or at the, the basketball mall, game yep. or the mall, yeah. because there are so many rules in place. So that changes a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we forget about that because we're so, um, ingrained in how we were raised and mm-hmm. general, generationally, We do a lot of things based off of where we come from. So, you know, children are to be heard and not seen. Um, Don't talk back to me. Mm -hmm. That was disrespectful. You know, things like that. So being Mm -hmm. able to decipher that and how we have to check our parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing, when you mentioned shame, I would just say that um, there's no shame in any feeling, Because if it's a feeling, shame could be uh, categorized, not just for teenagers, but it could be categorized for the mother or the father. Because if I'm going through something as the mother, am I ashamed? Because I don't want people to know that this is what I'm going through because of the persona that I am supposed to carry. You know, so some of that stuff is um, checking ourselves, right? Like if I can't. If I can't give good self-care to myself, mm-hmm. if I can't preserve myself, because really self-care is self-preservation. Okay. So mental health, yeah. uh, physical health, self-preservation. Yeah. So if I can't preserve myself, then how can I preserve all of these other people that count on me and that depend on me? Yeah. I can.
0: That is so good. And you know, I had a thought as you were speaking, how uncomfortable we are with being vulnerable. Most definitely. Oh my God. And so I think that's just a whole nother space as well that we gotta tap into being comfortable with being vulnerable. And that's experiencing a range of all of those emotions without attaching to that shame and guilt. Cause like you said, you know, we parent based on um, what we saw through our mothers, grandmothers, aunts, whomever. Um, Man, how
1: can how can we kind of like tap into that though? Like the space of vulnerability. Yeah, just being comfortable. Um, I mean, I, vulnerability. I look at it like this: within vulnerability is a place for growth, and that's why it's uncomfortable. Okay. So when we grow, we're uncomfortable. No matter what side you look at it from, whether you look at it from a religious or a spiritual side, whether you look at it from an everyday just. You know, I'm trying to do this diet and lose this weight, and I got to be vulnerable in this space because I really want that Coke, but I got to drink all this water. Right. Right? So that's a vulnerable side. Um, uh, Relationships, vulnerability, like all of these different uh, spaces are vulnerable. But if I can't be vulnerable with myself to experience a certain level of growth, then what's happening for me? What's my fear in that? And which is which is real, which exists. I'm a therapist. I, I don't always want to be vulnerable, right? right? Those spaces exist. Yeah. It's vulnerable to sit down and have a conversation, um, which is what keeps some people from coming to therapy. Yeah. Of this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm going through. Um, I have a lot of people who come in and they're like, I can't believe I'm saying this. Why not? It's a feeling. Exactly. You know, my goal at the practice is to make it feel like um, a safe space just right. to say, do feel whatever it is that you need to do. Yeah. Um, you know, holler screen, just yeah. don't hit nobody. Right. <laughs> but like, that that's the goal. Right. I think that um, somebody told one of my clinicians that she said, it feels like the living room when she comes in. Oh, so it nice. makes her able to open up and have a conversation a little bit better than somewhere else. Um, And having consistency, like consistency can assist with vulnerability because are you constantly checking in with yourself? Because it's difficult. Where do I have the time to check in with myself? What's that? Mm -hmm. So find in the space, even if it's five or ten minutes, you know, find the time to check in with yourself. But vulnerability is a big thing. It's major. It hits all of our relationships. It even hits our relationship within ourselves. Oh, my God, that is so true. And I
0: always say, like, even when people reach out to me, like, do you have a a good therapist in mind? I'm like, oh, my gosh. First of all, I commend you, (laughs) okay? That is so courageous of you because you have to be courageous. You have to be brave to go in there and say, okay, I'm feeling this way. You know, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling, you know, embarrassed or scared or whatever that is, right? We associate especially Black women women in particular being strong and being fearless and pushing through, but we don't um, acknowledge, like, it's okay to feel bad, it's okay to feel overwhelmed, sad, Um, whatever it is, right, like, normalizing that in conversations, and that's why I I try to have an open mind when people talk to me and be like, you know, it's okay to tap into them emotions we don't typically acknowledge that we, you know, jealous or whatever the case might be. Like, I don't know, it's just it's so empowering to me that I can have those conversations with black women and they feel like, oh my god, like they can put their guard down and be like, you felt that way too, or oh my god, you know, without this um, rebuttal coming back, like, girl. No, get up. No, you ain't got to do that. So I think that's so important too, right? Having those spaces even outside of the therapy room, finding that tribe to kind of support you along the way. So one of my other questions is, because I know when people typically go to therapy, it's a talk therapy type of thing. Um, Do you have any recommendations on like when someone should maybe see a psychiatrist if the depression is, I don't know, um, pretty advanced or the anxiety is like, what are some things where it's like, okay, you know, you might need to see um, a psychiatrist for your depression or anxiety? Because I know some people take medication for those. So I think
1: it's mixed. Um, okay. You know, I, I can't necessarily say that I would speak to one over the other mm-hmm. um, because I believe that sometimes, depending on the situation, that um, uh, physi- the physiological and the psychological. Mm-hmm. They have to work together in order to, you know, have some, some solid results. Um, so that means you're working on your mental health, and you also might need to work on the biological part, which is that medication part. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't apply to everyone. right? Um, and so, you know, if you're seeing a therapist, if the therapist is talking about that mm-hmm. to you, then that's, you know, that's definitely relevant. Okay. Um, because some people, they are able to... Manage some of their coping skills, or you by using mindfulness or other techniques that have really worked worked for them over the years. Because you have people who've been going to therapy for years to make sure that they can um, counteract some of the things that they're experiencing. You have people that need both. Yeah. I would say that whatever it is, be uh, it's it's better to be aware, yeah, and make sure that you're doing the best that works for you, okay. because everyone. Is, is different yeah you know yep. um, sometimes when you're dealing with people who have major major depression yeah, or um, anxiety symptoms that are causing them some um, some sh- distress or struggles or challenges within their daily life. Yeah. And sometimes that's when, you know, a therapist may suggest, like, hey, let's loop this psychiatrist in. Why don't you try making an appointment and see what that looks like as well? Um, it just depends on the person. What I will say is don't necessarily be afraid to go and see a psychiatrist and let them be the one to tell you what's needed and what, what's not. Um, it's Again, it's better to know and be informed, to identify, and they'll be the ones to tell you what works best um, for you. I, I often um, we get discouraged, yeah. right? When it's time to go see that psychiatrist, yeah. we start thinking about medication. Yeah. General, generationally, we start thinking about, um, especially especially men, um, we start thinking about. Well, I saw substance abuse in my family, so I don't want to take this medication. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, what I would say is be open. With the doctor that you're seeing. Have that conversation. They're there for you. Whether you're paying them out of pocket or your insurance is paying them out of pocket. They're there for you. Ask all of your questions. Be very clear about what's happening. Even if you're on a medicine and it's making you feel a certain way, go back and have a conversation with that psychiatrist so they're aware. Just like in therapy. If you're meeting with a therapist and you have questions about the process or what you're feeling or what's happening, then you have conversation.
0: good and you're right awareness is so key i think people struggle because they're unaware and sometimes being unaware can come in like denial because you fear that what you may be thinking is true but awareness is so important i think um in our community too um black people we want these close nurturing supportive relationships but again like you were saying before we have to be that for ourselves right being more aware of what's going on within us so that if you figuring out yourself and you know what you coming to the table with you're able to better connect with those around you right to get those fulfilling relationships satisfying relationships established boundaries reinforced boundaries so I just feel like yeah the self-awareness is so important so with that being said, what, um, suggestions or tips or self-care practices would you recommend? Um, um
1: so self-care is not getting your nails done, your hair done, okay. your feet done. Uh, it <laughs> is not going to the barber shop. That is not self-care. Um, uh, those are maintenance things. Okay. Right. No, yes. So, um, they're not self-care. Um, which I know probably bummed a lot of people out when I said that. Uh, But I would look at self-care as uh, taking maybe those 15 minutes in the morning to have quiet time or devotional or um, in the evening when the kids are down, what are you doing? Are you tapping into yourself? Um, Self-care can be anything physical. It can be yoga. It can be gym. It could be um, walking the dog. In any of those things could be self care. Anything that you have to do that requires you to be in tune and be intentional, intentional. Excuse me about what you're doing for yourself. That is self care. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mental health is self care. Coming to therapy. Yes, it, th- that's self care. You don't have to come to therapy just because you feel like you're in a quote unquote broken down space. Some people come to self-care because that's a part of what they need to have conversation around some of the things that they're trying to navigate in life that they may not be able to discuss with other people or they may not be in a position to discuss with other people. Mm -hmm. That's good. Especially, you know, women and men. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, because we have this notion, right, that, okay, when we're in distress, okay, we need to go. And a lot of times you're in these panic moments where it's like, you may not be able to get an appointment with a therapist right then and there, right? And so, you're right. That's why I think it's so important to have a regular, you know, standing appointment with your therapist every week, two weeks, however you see fit, right? So, you can kind of, when you get to those kind of panic or distressed moments, mm-hmm. you're able to calm yourself down a bit, so. Yeah, have your check-ins. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And then another piece, too, I like to talk about is self-compassion. I feel like we... Mm-hmm. I can be so hard on myself, so I know this is something that I'm actively working on, being um, self-compassion, self-compassionate with myself. So,
1: Yeah, I would say be compassionate with self. Sometimes it's difficult. Um, a word that you used earlier um, when you were talking about women and especially how minority women feel like we have to be strong, I would um, empower people to take the word strong, and replace it with resilient. Mm. Because if we're resilient in certain situations, resiliency also still requires for us to have time to tap in and identify what we've done, how we've done something, Mm. the good and the areas where growth can happen. Mm. You know, um, be compassionate with self, but maybe identify... The, the good and the bad within a situation, we, we're so equipped to go to the bad. It's just natural. It's just a natural instinct, which means that we have to fight ten times harder to say, you know, yep, so I really messed that conversation up with my husband, but I do have time to go back and correct it. Uh, you know, I, maybe I did come down a little bit hard on my kids. Let, let, me, let me circle back around and have that conversation. Am I coming down hard on myself? That part. What, you know, I'm trying to juggle 50,000 things. Let me stop and have a conversation with myself. When's the last time I dated me or I took myself out? Those kinds of things. Like being okay okay with stopping to take a moment to check in with yourself is vital. Because if we're not checking in with ourselves, how can we expect other people to check in with us? I think I wrote something down the other day. I said, we want transparency from other people, but we are not very transparent with ourselves. Mm. That's a word right there. So, yes. since that's the case, what would we need to do to start doing that? And that would mean that if I'm going to be transparent with myself, if I'm going to be vulnerable with myself, then I might need to have a little bit of compassion for myself. Yes. Yes. But I think those things come with time. Yes. I think they come with work. Yep. Right? Um, because we're forever evolving. Mm-hmm. And being able to know that is the beauty. Yes. Yes. That is so true. Because I'm a firing believer.
0: Like, I feel like we get in these moments right, where we're just like overwhelmed, frustrated, like, ah. Right? But what happens is if we gradually put things in practice, because we're wired to change but over time it doesn't happen overnight and so i get it you know i'll be in situations where i'm like dang i messed up like but don't just give up and be like forget it like no you continue on to pick up you know where you left off and i think that's the thing like we just get so stuck on we messed up okay you know it's mm-hmm. done like what's the point of even going back no Continue to pick up and keep going, keep pushing, keep doing, you know, and it's okay if you mess up or something happens in the process, you know. Um, This is how we become better, right? They call it practice for a reason. You have to practice it often, every day. So um, I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I love this conversation. I wanted to know, are you accepting new clients?
1: Oh, yes. We're always accepting new clients. <laughs> okay.
0: Awesome. I'm going to put your um, contact information on this podcast in the description so that mm-hmm. people can reach out to you. Um, any last-minute words or encouragement or inspiration or insight you want to leave on? Um, I would just
1: say that uh, know that there's nothing wrong with seeking therapy, right? Um, It's funny. I just had this conversation with my father last night. And so um, one of the things my father was saying was that he guesses that there's still a stigma around going to therapy. So what I was explaining to him was, yes, there is a stigma. Even though there are a lot of us coming out to, uh, you know, seek the help that we need and get us to where we need to be, there is still a heavy stigma when it comes to certain things. So maybe it's not us as the individual, maybe it's sending our children, or maybe we're willing to send our children, but we won't come in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's our children, but we don't want to talk about our marriage mm-hmm. or ourselves, but we go for our marriage, but then we only talk about a couple things. So we don't talk about the fact that we got intimacy issues, but we're going to talk about the fact that we can't communicate. So all of these things have to come together in order to create a new foundation. Um, And it's okay to go and do that. There's no shame in therapy. And if anyone ever makes you feel ashamed, shame on them. Mm -hmm. Um, That is what I would offer. There are a million Um, options and outlets and things that you can do if you're trying to find ways to um, have self-care or if you don't know what to do, uh, feel free. Definitely reach out and call and I can give you all the resources if we're not able to uh, help you in the things or the ways that you need. But I definitely say take care of self because self-awareness and uh, loving on self is primary. It's primary for for numerous reasons. Awesome. I got to do a hand clap on that.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, thank you again for taking our time this morning to speak with me. I so appreciate you and the work that you do. You are an awesome first guest. Thank you. And good
1: luck (laughs) on this amazing journey. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. I will see y'all on the
0: next episode of Safe Space with Shay. Thank you.